0: Welcome to the Southside Sermons Podcast. I am Christopher Campbell, pastor of Southside Baptist Church, located in Decatur, Alabama. This message you're about to hear is from God's Word and is offered to you with this prayer that God would give you eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to obey His Word. May your faith be strengthened in Jesus and may you grow in your knowledge of Him. As Christians, we speak of having a relationship with God. We say it's not about religion, it's about relationship. But if I were to ask you to describe your relationship with God, what would you say? If I ask you to describe what your responsibilities in this relationship are, what would you say? What is your relationship with God based upon, what would you say? How would you describe this relationship that you hold so dear? Well, that word relationship is an important theme here in Hebrews chapter eight, verses one through 13. And the way that our relationship with God is described is not a new word. It's a word that runs throughout the Old Testament of scripture. Every speech of God came back to this word. It's the word covenant. God's covenant with his people. Now what is a covenant? A covenant is not just an agreement or some kind of contract. Covenant is something special. There are requirements on both sides of those making a covenant. A covenant from God is a covenant in which God sets the terms of that relationship. And while faith is required on the part of God's people, and it always has been, God's covenant with His people is based on God's faithfulness. And God always is faithful and will always remain faithful. Such is the nature of our covenant relationship with God. But our covenant relationship with God is a different covenant than the covenant God made with Abraham, with Noah before that, with David who came later, and others throughout the Old Testament. Something is different and something is better about the covenant that we now have with our living God. Look with me at Hebrews chapter 8, beginning in verses 1 through 2, and these are critical verses in this passage of Scripture. And also keep in mind that Hebrews, while it is a letter, an epistle, it is also a sermon. And so let's, just for a short time, read through these verses, walk through them together, and hear what God requires of us today. Hebrews chapter 8, beginning in verse 1. Now, the point in what we are saying is this. Now, the writer of Hebrews is getting right to the point. Helping us understand Jesus as our high priest after the order of Melchizedek. We've walked through chapter 6 and 7, and we're moving past the elementary doctrine of Christ on into maturity explaining Christ's priesthood and now what that means for us. Here's the point. Don't miss this. Look at the next two words. We have. Now stop with me for a moment and say those two words. We have. We have. This is our reality. This is not wishful thinking. This is not what will be. This is not what was. This is what is. This is what we possess because of Jesus. We have such a high priest. Such a high priest refers to that priest that has been described in the preceding chapter. And specifically in chapter seven, beginning in verse 26, One who is such a high priest who is holy, innocent, unstained, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. One who is after the order of Melchizedek, meaning we have near access to God, to the throne of grace. And we have frequent access to God and to mercy and help in time of need because of Christ's priesthood being eternal, being after the order of Melchizedek. Verse 1 again, We have such a high priest, one who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven. This is from Psalm 110, where God said, Sit at my right hand. And the right hand seat was a place of supreme exaltation. There was authority in that place of honor. And that's where our high priest is seated. The right hand of the majesty in heaven. And underline those two words, in heaven. Because this is the focus of the covenantal relationship we have with God. It's mediated by... Jesus, who is not a priest on earth, ministering on earth, but who is a priest in heaven, interceding for us in heaven. And so his priestly ministry is not one that is filled by mortal men that will come to an end. Jesus is eternal, he lives forever. His ministry in heaven is permanent. And this is good news for us. Verse 2, A minister in the holy places, in the true tent that the Lord set up, not man. That word tent, tabernacle, speaks of the sanctuary, referencing the one that God instructed Moses to build in the Old Testament. And Moses built that tent, that tent of meeting. It's a place where God came and met with his people, where the priest performed their work, going into the Holy of Holies on the Day of Atonement, offering a sacrifice for sins once a year. But that tent was merely a copy and a shadow of the heavenly, true tent. Look at verse 3. For every high priest is appointed to offer gifts and sacrifices. Thus, it is necessary for this priest also to have something to offer. So this is cluing us in that Jesus also has something to offer as a high priest. And we're going to find out what that is. Verse 4. Now, if he were on earth, that is, if Jesus were on earth... He would not be a priest at all, since there are priests who offer gifts according to the law. And remember that the earthly priests, by law, were descendants of Aaron. They were of the tribe of Levi. But Jesus came from the tribe of Judah. And so, Jesus would not be a priest on earth. And certainly, he would not be a priest under the law because his ministry is of a different order after the order of Melchizedek after something eternal something heavenly of which the law is different the law pertains to that which is earthly and obviously we'll see shortly that which is not able to perfect those who are coming to God verse 5 they so the Levitical priesthood, the tent, the law, they serve a copy and shadow of the heavenly things. For when Moses was about to erect the tent, he was instructed by God, saying, See that you make everything according to the pattern that was shown you on the mountain. In your Bible reading plan this year, did you make it through Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy, the law of Moses? Very specific details when it comes to how the tent or the tabernacle was to be constructed and made. Very specific, and Hebrews is going to explain some of these even later. But all of those details are not meant for us to gloss over. They're meant to to be a copy and shadow of the true tent in heaven. They're giving us a glimpse into the heavenly throne, heavenly tent. See that you make everything according to the pattern that was shown you on the mountain. Verse 6. But as it is, Christ has obtained a ministry that is as much more excellent than the old as the covenant he mediates is better since it is enacted on better promises. Jesus is the mediator of a better covenant that is enacted on better promises. What does this mean? Well, Hebrews goes on to explain for us. Look at verse 7. For if that first covenant had been faultless, that word means blameless, there would have been no occasion to look for a second. There was fault found in that first covenant relationship. And it wasn't fault on the part of God. It was fault on the part of the people, on the part of the priests. And so there's going to be a second one. Verse 8 For he, being God, finds fault with them when he says. And now Hebrews is quoting from Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 31, verses 31 through 34. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. And by the way, this should give hope. Because a new covenant is promised by God with the same people. The house of Israel. The house of Judah. God did not give up on his people. God did not throw them to the curb. God is making a provision and a way for them to be his people and he to be their God. And he's doing it with a new relationship based on better promises And a new covenant. Verse 9. Not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. Now this is Exodus chapter 19 verses 5 through 6. Listen to this. Now therefore, the Lord says, if you will indeed obey my voice... And keep my covenant. You shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And so you see what the responsibility was on the part of the people. They were to obey God's voice and keep his covenant as God prescribed in the law. But, verse 9 continues in Hebrews, saying, For they did not continue in my covenant. So what does this mean? This means they heard God's voice, but they did not obey him. We've talked about how you can hear, and hearing has the meaning in the scriptures that you are to obey what it is you hear. But it is possible to have ears that do not hear. And so it is that the people heard God's voice, but they did not obey God's voice. And they did not keep God's covenant. They did not continue in God's covenant. But God remained faithful all along. God did not break the covenant. The people did. God is always faithful. Hebrews goes on, And so I showed no concern for them, declares the Lord. For those who disobeyed, those stubborn ones, those who walked in their sin and not in God's ways. Verse 10, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, declares the Lord, I will put my laws into their minds. And write them on their hearts. What was God's laws written on with Moses? Stone. Tablets of stone. And so it was that in obeying God's voice and keeping that covenant relationship, it required external works, religion, Acts of worship and sacrifices and offerings, external things that all symbolized and were copies and shadows of eternal things. But God is doing something in this new covenant. It's not based on external things. This covenant involves God writing his law in the mind and on the heart. It's internal. Verse 10 goes on, And I will be their God And they shall be my people. And they shall not teach each one his neighbor and each one his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest. Now look up here. Verse 12, quoting from Jeremiah, is about to explain what is different about this new covenant. Look with me at verse 12. The Lord says, For I will be merciful toward their iniquities and I will remember their sins no more. God is making a way to purify us from sin so that we can enjoy our covenant relationship with Him based on better promises with a Better mediator being Jesus, God's own son. Sin is what separates us from God. Sin is what breaks our relationship with God. Sin is what we are born in, that we inherited from Adam and his sin of turning away from God's word, the truth, turning instead toward a lie from the enemy. But God made provision in the Old Covenant through outward works, through religious practice, through obeying the law for once a year that high priest to go in and make atonement for the sins of the people. But the Old Covenant never made people perfect. But something about this New Covenant will make us perfect who are in Christ, who are in this relationship, this covenant relationship, this new covenant relationship with God. And we don't have to maintain our outward uh, legalism, obeying the law. And this is the message to the original hearers of this book as well. You don't need to go back to the uh, Judaism, to the sacrificial practices that the law prescribed. Because that is old. Behold, something new has come in Jesus. Look with me at verse 13 of Hebrews chapter 8. In speaking of a new covenant, he makes the first one obsolete. And what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. We like to hold on to old things but we need not hold on to old things when God has made new things. We need not hang on to the old covenant with all of the laws that went with it because God has made a new covenant with his people still based on God's faithfulness, but he's made a way in this new covenant for us to be cleansed and purified from sin. This is good news for us, church. We who are in Christ, we want the old things to go away. We want the old covenant to vanish away. Why? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Church, we need not live in sin any longer. We need not work to try to save ourselves. Our salvation is based Wholly and completely on God's work through His Son, Jesus, who came to this earth, lived an unblemished life, free from sin, and who went to a cross, giving His life in exchange for ours as a sacrifice for our sins. Christ was buried. And Christ was raised from the dead, and he is alive even now, ascended into heaven at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. And Christ is returning. He's returning soon. Do you have this covenant relationship with God? How can you have such a relationship? Through Christ, based on what he has done for you The scriptures say that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Here's the promise of Hebrews. He is able to save you to the uttermost. That means he's able to save you completely and he's able to save you for all of time. Hebrews is going to go on to explain even more. I hope you plan to join me next week online as we continue our study through the book of Hebrews. Thank you for joining me. Go now in the grace and peace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Turn your eyes upon Jesus Thank you again for listening to this message. I pray that God would accomplish His purpose in you through the preaching, hearing, receiving, and believing of His Word. If you wish to share any comments or questions about the message you have heard, please call Southside at 256-353-8814 or visit us on the web at southsidebaptist.net. Also, make sure to subscribe or follow this podcast to receive a new message each week.